there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, did this dude just did this? With the 20th pick in the 2016 NBA Draft, the Indiana Pacers select Paris LeVert from the University of Michigan. The problem is you don't want to mess with a bat because, as you may know, they can be ratted. But there goes our test after somebody in the stands. And he is going after a fan, and he is waylaying a fan, and this thing is now getting ugly. Got them all? Justin Holliday has come in all three. Do we have them all? He did first time in NBA history. that three brothers on the floor at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome back another episode of the born ready to pod podcast i am chris cook here with me today eric hawk per usual and this this episode's coming a little bit late um after the pacers win on monday night against the toronto raptors a back-to-back game there for the pacers uh sunday and monday against the raptors so we'll focus more on uh that monday night game than we will on sunday um, as we didn't record a show after that one, but just kind of wanted to touch a little bit on that Sunday game real quick. Not so much as the game, because we all know what happened. It was a complete shit show. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Pacers just definitely couldn't close the job. Malcolm Brock and Sabonis having horrible games. Um, but kind of just want to get your thoughts. We went to the game. Um, your experience there being in Bankers Life Fieldhouse, a thousand fans there. What What did you think about uh, that experience we had? bad game but you know overall how was the uh, atmosphere for you first Pacers game back since uh last January I mean there's parts of it that I really enjoyed just the fact that you know Nick Nurse could hear Jake Light calling him you know a coward and a sissy <laughs> you know that made me laugh and and the fact that I got into Malachi's head at the free throw line so that is that's a weird thing. And we heard an IU sucks when OG was at the line, he absolutely murdered us though. So he got the last laugh there, but just from waiting to get into the team store to like, I couldn't even find a concession stand at one point. I just gave up to like, I don't know, the foam finger, just everything just made it a little strange, but at the same time, the renovations look really cool. And I don't know, it was nice to just be there. And I don't think it was, that weird and i think they'll start letting more people in here soon is what i think yeah you're i mean you're right i saw uh there's a report that they're letting more seats open for upcoming games so i think sunday is the next home game so they're opening up some balcony seats for that game so nice uh first couple games there at home went well um i agree with you obviously it was very odd um you know with you know tape on the seats and blocking that stuff off and 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 everything else just you know only having to deal with a thousand people there and then Um, the survey you have to take before you even walk in which is all honor based yes that survey uh kind of a pain in the butt to access on your phone especially when it's cold outside and you're ready to get in get in there but uh i actually you know i thought it would be a lot weirder than it was i i 
I didn't mind it at all. Um, obviously, you know, going to games, I wouldn't want that to be my experience every time, but mm. you know, if I could go to a couple games a year with that kind of atmosphere, I, you know, we get in right into the stadium. Um, there's no l- real big lines or anything. You mentioned the line to get into the, the team store. Of course there was that, but that wasn't too bad. And, and, you know, not as many concession stands open. So that kind of was a bummer, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, enjoyed, you know, being able to get around that place without, with a bunch of ease and then, you know, leaving the game, you know, we walked right into the parking garage next to the field house and we got right out. And I mean, we even were able to park, park on the first floor. So, you know, getting in and out of there, I mean, that was definitely an ideal scenario. I felt like, um, you know, never would want that for like a playoff game. Obviously you want a packed house, but you know, a couple regular season games, I don't mind that whatsoever. Yeah, and I've been to a Florida Panthers hockey game, and I got to tell you, there were more people at that Pacers game than a Florida Panthers <laughs> hockey game. So it could be much, much worse, trust me. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Tampa Bay uh, Rays, I've been to that stadium, and, and there was definitely more fans um, yeah. at that yeah. that game Sunday than they, there are. Uh, obviously, they probably have more fans now since they're off of the World Series. Of course, they didn't have fans last year, but you get my drift. So, anyways, let's go into uh, the game here from Monday night. Pacers win 129-114. to 114. Pretty close game, first few quarters. And like I had mentioned earlier, Malcolm Brogdon had a rough Sunday um, shooting the basketball, just to not have a good day. He came back out after that and scored 36 points, had nine assists and seven rebounds. Um, so a near triple-double for him. And then you had Miles Turner, who also stepped up in a big way, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Um, and, and a guy that we give a lot of shit to on this podcast, Gogo Patadze. He came in. Um, Sabonis had to leave in that first or second quarter after having uh, knee contact with Kyle Lowry. Um, he had to go to the locker room and didn't return to the game. So Batadze had to play 12 minutes. And he actually scored 10 points in those minutes, which is very crucial uh, because, you know, Sabonis and Turner are obviously playing a bunch of minutes, and they need a guy that can come off the bench that size to be able to do that. So I'm not going to praise him because he's going to have to do this on a regular basis. It can't just be one every five games that he does, you know, plays a good game. So um, what were your thoughts on the game? Obviously now we know Sabonis is going to be fine, uh, just has bruise, a bruise in his knee. Um, he'll be day-to-day, probably will miss a couple games, maybe the rest of the games this week and then come back. But uh what did you think about that game? Anything that stood out to you uh, after that big win from the Pacers on Monday? Yeah, from that game, there's three guys specifically you got to talk about. Miles Turner continuing to have his, his best year. I mean, he scored 11 points, I think it was, in the fourth quarter and coming down that stretch and really closed out that game in a much-needed win. Brogdon, had, had, like you said, had a bad Sunday night. We had his points over Sunday day game, I should say. And then last night he comes out. 36 points. I think it was a, a season high, maybe even a career high for him. Played really well. The, the game we expected from him both nights, he, he just kind of put it on. You know, you could tell that it really affected him the night before. So he came out and, and did what we want Brogdon to do. And then Jeremy Lamb off the bench. I mean, the three games I think it is now that he's played, maybe four, coming back from his 11-month absence from the team has been impressive. And he's been a consistent guy that you feel like is going to make it when he shoots. And he's being aggressive and kind of crazy and, and kind of impressive how he's just seamlessly fit into that second rotation and been a scoring threat in all the games he's been back. So those are the three takeaways I have. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lamb has played great since he's came back, which is pretty remarkable because that first game back, he had, he had a pretty good game. Um, and since then, I mean, just giving a great scoring punch off the bench there for the Pacers. Uh, definitely something that's really needed right now with all the guys that are out. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, McConnell, obviously great game from him. Nine points, nine assists, five rebounds. So he's he's just playing great off the bench for the Pacers. Uh, Aaron Holiday, not a great shooting night from him, but probably his best night, which is saying something, because really I don't think he played that well. But still for him, it was a good night. He had 10 points off the bench. So mm-hmm. It felt like everybody contributed in this game, especially after Sabonis went out and, you know, sigh of relief for Pacers fans because Sabonis is going to be fine because we're a little concerned, you know, especially, you know, with the knee issue. A lot of fans were concerned that, you know, he'd be out for extended time. But but it does seem kind of like every year that, you know, Sabonis has some knee issues where it forces him to miss a couple games. Yeah, no doubt. And. I mean, Turner's the same way. They both battle with injuries. So that's why you need Goga to be something if this is the kind of offense you're wanting to play and kind of rotation to play. If Goga can be anything and fill some of those minutes, that's a huge plus. And we just haven't seen it. And maybe this game leapfrogs them into something, but I I seriously doubt it. I think this might just be a one-off, but who knows? Yeah, and – the other thing I want to note on here is uh, Bjorkgren. He he got a tech, his first technical foul the season. I don't remember which quarter it was in, um, but definitely like he just stormed on the court and he was pissed. There was a missed call and it kind of felt like the officials. I mean, you know that first game on Sunday they were bad and bad. you know they were pretty they were pretty bad going into that point. And then kind of when Bjorkgren got in their ass, they they improved and kind of gave you know some more calls in the Pacers' favor. Um, so. What did you think about that? It was actually, you know, kind of nice to see him, you know, actually, you know, coaches can just curse and do whatnot and, and get a T, whatever. But he actually stormed his ass on the court, looked like he was taking a timeout. But, no, he was just walking on the court to bitch at the ref. Yeah, if you're going to get a timeout or if you're going to get a technical foul, as it say, make it count. The old Bobby Knight, throw a chair across the court if you have to do it. But, I mean, this is against his former team, <clears throat> the team he came from. He got embarrassed. He, we were saying on the ride home, he got his booty spanked. I couldn't really hear anything else in the stadium because I could just hear Bjorkren's ass cheeks being clapped by Nurse. So this was a good, like he, he you could tell he wanted this one, and this this one meant more to him. So <clears throat> still, still happy with him overall. So yeah, that was nice to see. Yeah, and I do want to say I think uh, Utah Watanabe, he's got to be on the list. I, I know you got the double-digit standard here, but come on, man. He had nine points and five rebounds in 16 minutes. His per 36 minutes, he probably was going to average get like 40 points. So, I mean, this guy, I mean, come on. He's averaging like one point a game this year. Dude, I liked what I saw out of Watanabe. He, he's he's tall, athletic, lengthy. I, I don't think you got to score 10 points. I mean, this list has values. This list is, has integrity. I'm not going to compromise that just because you want a guy with a funny name on the list. He's got to get double digits. That's, that's always been the rule. Yeah, I guess. I, nine uh, doesn't I, do it. Nine, can, I, I, nine is still not a good game, I don't think. Nine's like well, an for, average game. I feel like for a guy who averages one point on the season per game, I feel like it's a good game. Yeah, it's not. A, I, I, I see your argument, but it's got to be double digits. I just that's just the, the minimum. I respect it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at the uh, Charlotte Hornets roster here now. So moving on to that game, seeing if there's any potential here from their guys. But uh, 
they play Wednesday night in Charlotte. It's another back-to-back, and then they finish up uh, on Friday night playing another game in Charlotte. Uh, the Hornets this year are 7-10, and 10, um, so they're playing some better basketball. I, I wouldn't say they're a great team, but they're also a team that you can't just take lightly because – um, they got some guys that can beat you, and and Gordon Hayward being one of those guys who the Pacers were interested in signing last year. Um, he's having a great season so far. He's averaging just over twenty four points per game, uh, five and a half rebounds per game, and then three and a half assists. So, um, he's he's have definitely having a good year, being the number one option uh, down there in Charlotte. Um, and then you got guys like Devonte Graham, Terry Rozier, who's their starting backcourt. Uh, P.J. Washington, who's also pretty good at the power forward position. Um, Cody Zeller just came back from injury, so you got him and Biombo uh, down low. Uh, and then LaMelo Ball off the bench, um, who was their first-round draft pick this season. So uh, a decent amount. Oh, yeah, and Miles Bridges. I can't forget about him as well. So decent amount of depth here on this roster. I don't think they're you know a playoff team, but uh, I think they're a solid 9 or 10 seed that that definitely is going to get some wins that they're not supposed to get. So uh, what are you looking at, you know, with this matchup with the Pacers likely without Sabonis on Wednesday, at least probably on Friday as well. Um, So what are you looking at here uh, for the Pacers in these next two games against the Hornets? These are winnable games, but because of the personnel, you know, it's, it's hard really telling. I mean, they have a sneaky good, you know, core of wing players. Devontae Graham's a guy last year that just came on the scene. And I think, you know, one of his first big games of the year was against the Pacers. I remember him just going absolutely crazy last year. Yes. And Terry Rozier, any game I feel like he can get 30 and just randomly go off. I don't consider him an elite shoot guard to point guard, whatever you want to classify him as. But at the same time, he makes a lot of money and he, he can go off. And then, like you said, Gordon Hayward. And then there's a ball on the bench. And we all know how much you hate the ball family with the burning <laughs> passion. They made you give up on on the game against the Pelicans this year. Lonzo did. So that could happen again. And, you know, he sneaky gets triple doubles every now and then. Maybe the front runner for the rookie of the year, depending on how you look at it, depending on who you talk to. But, yeah, this team can definitely beat the Pacers. I think they out-perimeter play them. And and it's just going to come down to if Miles Turner and Brogdon can continue their their good play and then we get help from rotational guys like McDermott, Holiday. I mean, it's the same song and dance – of how we beat them. We just got to slow down their wing guys because I think they have the advantage there. Yeah. You make the point there on uh, LaMelo. Um, definitely one of the most punchable faces in the NBA. That's, that's a given. Um, but just looking at like, you know, his log here for the season, obviously at the beginning of the year, we heard a lot more from him uh, mm-hmm. because he was getting more minutes and, you know, in the last five or six games, um, his minutes have decreased very significantly compared to what he was playing at the beginning of the year. Uh, he only played 21 minutes against the Magic last game, 28 in the game before that, 17 against the Bulls um, in 23 minutes. So he hasn't actually played 30-plus minutes since uh, January 11th against the Knicks. So I kind of feel like he's in the doghouse right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like he somehow pissed off Barajo, Borrego, whatever the hell his name is. Um he definitely pissed him off and it's probably, you know, on account that he doesn't play defense. So he can go out there and put up all these triple doubles that he wants. Um, he can get you 14 points and 11 assists, and that's all fine and dandy, but uh, this kid doesn't play defense. So that's why his his minutes have went down. Um, and Terry Rozier and, and uh, Devonte Graham, you know, obviously, you know, 
maybe they're not better, more skilled players than he is, but they're actually out there, you know, trying to make a, de- a difference on both both ends of the floor. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely I, I'm not a ball fan. I, I don't like the ball family. Uh, LeVar, you know, he's just, you know, the entire family, whatever. I mean, you just know my thoughts on that. Uh, and now it's being talked about that Lonzo is on the trading block from the Pelicans. So uh, these kids are overrated. I'm not worried about him off the bench. Uh, he's not going to force me to quit watching the game. Um, I feel like Devontae Graham will probably have a big game because it always seems like he does against us. And uh, you got to watch out, watch out for Biombo, um, especially oh, yeah. with Sabonis out. I mean, that rebounding player prop, that that's going to be real tasty tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm just looking right now at their game against the Magic. They were 0 for 13 from three from with their second unit guys. So, like I said, I think the second unit is, is key against this team because they have guys in the first unit that can that can score for sure. But we're going to need Aaron Holiday to maybe get us 10 points again. Hope We'll see if he can do it. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Aaron's definitely, you know, we've, we've mentioned several times, he, he's got to step up. Um, because when this team does get healthy, um, he, he's going to be finding himself, you know, out of a rotational spot. And right now he's getting those minutes because guys are hurt. And so he's got to take, uh, take advantage of, uh, these minutes that he gets now because, uh, they're, they're obviously, you know, not guaranteed, um, in the future. So, um, wrapping up that game and kind of here, last thing I do want to note on is, is we haven't mentioned yet is Karis LeVert. Um, you know, big, big, good news for the Pacers day, you know, on Simonis and Levert, um, Levert ended up having his surgery to treat the uh, kidney cancer, which is what it ended up being. Um, I'm going to try to pronounce this, but I'm definitely going to mispronounce it. It's renal cell carcinoma. Uh, it was on his left kidney. Uh, yeah. Sounded pretty decent to me. Um, he's not going to need any further treatment. So uh, this is great news for him. Obviously, you know, the trade to the Pacers kind of, you know, forget about basketball for a minute. I mean, it definitely ended up, you know, in the long run, it it saved his life because they were able to detect this, you know, right away rather than getting worse down the road for him. So he's definitely, you know, he's, he's still out indefinitely. Um, I probably, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but if I had to put a timetable on it, just by guessing, I would probably say, you know, maybe sometime near the end of March, maybe early April. I think they're optimistic that he plays again this season from, from what, what we've been reading and and looking at. So, uh, this is definitely good news. And I think definitely signals towards him being able to play again this year. So, um, thoughts on that, you know, being able to get Levert back, you know, potentially for a playoff run this season. Yeah. Cancer's nothing to play with. I mean, take his time on that, but this is something that it's, it's, it's a feel good story. It has the potential to be a real good one from, from what I'm seeing. I mean, Michael Grady keeps talking about how Indy's going to love Levert. Dockage, who had a son go to Michigan, talks about how much he loves Levert. And these are guys, basketball opinions that I really trust. And, you know, everything in the organization says Levert has been great so far. So, this is going to be one of those feel good stories. And when he comes back and, and we see him playing and hopefully he can reach his potential, this, this will fully heal anybody that's, that's missing Oladipo and that IU connection. I think this story is, could be as the potential to be pretty cool and uh, uh, pretty rewarding for those of us. I think you just lost me where you said you trust Dockage's opinion. 
Well, I trust his basketball opinion. I think <laughs> Doc is especially around guys from the Big Ten, and he's going to tell you if he thinks, you know, he, he went to IU and he turned on Oladipo at the end, calling him a crybaby and stuff. He didn't have to do that. He probably severed some IU ties he had doing that. So I respect his Big Ten basketball opinion, yes. But not much else, especially in the NFL. Yeah. Um, all right, before we wrap this up, it is obviously the one-year anniversary. Kobe Bryant passed away last year. Yeah. And then his daughter, Gigi, and then everybody else who was involved in the crash. Um, so, yeah, it, it's hard to believe that it's been, you know, one year since that happened. Definitely, you know, just a devastating, you know, loss for the sports world. And I, I have a feeling, you know, for the years to come, this is going to be, you know, definitely he's going to be talked about on this day, obviously other days throughout the year, but this day specifically, it's going to be discussed, you know, for, for the next few years and probably, you know, for the rest of our lives. So, uh, you know, once again, just wanted to, you know, obviously still sad about it. Just does not feel that, you know, it's still really a fact that he's passed away. Yeah. I think I saw I might've talked about this last year, but only one, NBA MVP has has passed away because, you know, before it was the ABA and since the merger and a lot of those older guys are still alive and kicking. So it's definitely weird not having one of the greats still around. So it's strange and it was sudden and it really started like one of the shittier years in recorded history. That kind of kicked it off, in my opinion. So I just want to move past all that, you know. Yeah, if I look back at last year, that was definitely, you know, the the thing that happened that kind of just everything from there was just downhill. So yeah. it, it definitely was the start of the chain of events that happened in 2020. Um, but yeah, it's just hard to believe that, you know, it's been one year feels like it was just yesterday. We found out that devastating news. So yeah. um, obviously on the one year anniversary felt like we had to mention it, um, but uh, definitely probably something we're going to be even talking about on shows to come, you know, over the next following year. So anyways, that's all I got here. For the show you got anything else before we wrap this thing up no we got tom brady in the super bowl again we don't have to touch on that because fuck him but go chiefs matt stafford to the colts baby make it happen let's do it let's do it yep all right well appreciate you guys listening we will back be back soon um we'll talk to you guys later have a good rest of your week see ya